welcome to the Generosity Week podcast from the Church of England. Each day this week, Busala Soda Yende will be using the Bible to help us develop a faith currency which we can draw on in times of difficulty, financial and otherwise. Busola works with youth and young adults and is an elected member of the Church of England's General Synod. How can we be encouraged when circumstances around us appear dire? Circumstances that might be filtering into and affecting our personal lives, such as our finances being stretched and our wellness being compromised. For example, when we're inundated by the media reporting stories of a worsening economy, it weaves fear into our subconscious by highlighting how the global economy has been compressed. Supplies are scarce and the prices of commodities have increased significantly. A situation like this can be even more alarming for some people. The sad reality is that there might be people within our purview with whom it isn't obvious they are struggling. Even worse, it may be that when they open their fridge today, it will be their last meal with no money left. Could I have helped if I knew? Perhaps this was how the widow at Zarephath felt when the prophet Elijah asked her to give him a piece of bread. Let's read her response. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Over the next six sessions, I will be sharing how our faith in God is a currency to be drawn upon, especially when the future looks bleak. These sessions will explore how people from the Bible exercise their faith and expected the supernatural provision from God to meet their needs. I'll be sharing firstly Jesus' teaching and then explore the lives of Moses, Joseph, Elijah and the widow, Paul and Abraham, and how they were able to draw on this faith currency at a time of need. Hebrews 11 specifically credits some of these well-known biblical figures for their faith. Some ask if we should expect the same miracles and faith they exhibited to exist today. The answer is yes. Our God is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He delights in us having a faith rooted in him. This faith is a unique currency used by Christians all over, which can be substituted for the natural order of events when required. Therefore, how can we harness this faith currency in a period of uncertainty? For without faith, it is impossible to please God. We're encouraged to use the tools God has given us to live an expectant life, filled with hope for God to meet our needs. In Matthew 6, 25 to 33, Jesus taught us not to worry. Instead, he encourages us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The question we'd like to address here is, how can we seek his kingdom in a more practical sense? A starting place is to read Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, where Jesus points us to the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Firstly, how assured are you that God loves you? 
Let's read the following verses from Matthew 6. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus is reinforcing God's provision and care for us. We must see God as a good father and that you are not just one out of billions of people he needs to watch over. We sometimes imagine God as an earthly parent who needs to divide his time among his children. This is an erroneous belief. The Bible says that he has infinite love and care to provide for us in a unique and personal way, adapted to each one of us. Isaiah 43 once says, I have called you by name, you are mine. Secondly, if God cares deeply about you, are you able to see that he also cares about your neighbor? In seeking his kingdom, we're required to keep his command, pay attention to his voice and follow his lead. We must spend more time praying and reading our Bible to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to those we need to reach. This is because it is difficult to be perceptive about others if you are also in need. We should also be reminded that someone may have a good appearance with pressing needs that are dire. When we pray sometimes, God would interrupt our prayers and raise a certain individual for us to reach out to. How do you find yourself responding? The point is, we should not be oblivious when we have neighbors who need our help. And reversely is the case too, that when we are in need, we should pray and allow God to use the generosity of others to bless us. Miracles still happen today. For example, when the funding of my business was drying out, I had an unexpected contact who got in touch out of the blue and wrote a generous check to us. God had laid it on her heart to reach out to me. I hadn't seen or heard from this person in over two years. And guess what? I didn't even have to ask. They asked, what can I do for you? Therefore, I am living proof that the faith currency is as effective today as it was in the past. And the foundation is having an intimate relationship with God in prayer and studying his word. In a difficult economic environment, statistically, more people will fall behind. There'll be times you may be nudged to give, even at a point when your resources are low too. It is a wonder that God can stretch what we have. The miracle may not be as elaborate as the boy with five loaves and two fishes, which fed 5,000 people. However, we should know that the miraculous provision to share with our neighbor is available. Our faith and obedience in God may be the answer to someone else's miracle. In a more practical sense, one of the ways I have been convicted to give more has been at the end of the week, when I often get rid of stale meals. I am reminded of how food waste isn't good financial stewardship. Now I try to buy just enough, which means I have just a bit more and give to others. Every penny counts. The more intentional we are about helping our neighbor, the more expectant we become to partner with God. God is always seeking who he can use to reach out to a person in need. 
Blessings don't always show up financially. They can come in a need that is being met. Even better, we're promised his joy and peace when we live out a life of obedience in following his commands. In conclusion, as followers of Jesus, having a faith currency is essential. We're called to place our faith in him, pray regularly, and meditate on his word, believing he will meet our needs. Make sure you examine your heart. Be generous and trust that your needs would also be met through others' generosity. If we follow the principles to love our neighbor in faith and action, we can release our gifts and expect God to provide for us. Our dominant currency is our faith and not our bank account. He can provide all you need. So thank you for tuning in to the first session of this series of how our faith is a dominant currency to be consistently applied. Next session, I'll be focusing on Moses and how the Israelites coped in the desert and trusted God to meet their daily needs. Thanks for listening to the Generosity Week podcast. We hope you found it thought-provoking and that you'll come back again tomorrow for our next reflection.